coming up on Just Elders Podcast. Do you listen to the Just Elders Podcast? I've listened to That's what we said. Do we love HBCUs or do we love what HBCUs, the experience it gave us? I went to the Fort Valley State. Shout out. I love how every every HBC add D in front of him. D. Yep, with D. Yep, with D. Him being the first black billionaire was everything to me. And knowing that I'm going to this. Well, Reginald, what type of work you did? I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. You doing big things over here, y'all. We, we moving. Yes. We we definitely moving. Yeah. Um, Put the water on my head. <laughs> Put the water. <laughs> Pour I it cannot on. deal with you. Pour it on. If you have an iPhone right now, we are only available on iOS. So if you go to the Apple Store, you can find us uh, at HBCU Made. <clears throat> Ready. Born ready. It's Wednesday. It's time for your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. I'm super excited about this episode, but real fast, let us play the official Atlanta National Anthem. Hey, 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 you know the words, I'm a gatone pistol holding. That's all you know, right? <laughs> We're gonna do it like this. What's up, family? It's your boy Elder. You tuning to the Just Elder podcast, the hottest podcast to ever get in the airways. I am super excited. I'm about to record the greatest episode I have ever recorded. I say it every time, and I mean it every single time. Before we get started, just let me give a round of applause to everybody listening to last week's episode. Last week's episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all that you do and all the support. Um, this week we're gonna get right into it with another just series where I interview people that are just dope. Um, they're doing great things in our city. Uh, they're typically people that I know personally and my friends, and I'm just giving them a platform to talk they talk. Can we do that? Yeah. With that being said, first time to the uh, Just Elders podcast, uh, but certainly she won't be the last. This young lady is absolutely brilliant. Uh, I remember I met her at the gathering spot. And let me tell you, everybody met her at the gathering spot because she <laughs> is the best connector the gathering spot has. Matter of fact, she is the best member the gathering spot has. I'm saying that now with uh, Zoom in. <laughs> Ryan TK, somebody that believes and always supporting, always advocating. Like if the gathering spot had a brochure, she was on the, she would be on the front page walking the dog. <laughs> like <laughs> that's how much she be at the gathering spot grinding, doing her thing. But what I love about her, she would literally call you up and say, yeah, hey, what's your name? And then she'll ask you your name. She'll ask you what you do. And then it's not to qualify you because y'all know in Atlanta, the number one question, what you do? And we asking this because we want to know, do we take you serious or, or let's just change Instagram. And if I see a blue check, I'm going to listen a little harder. Or if I see a K on the back of your followers, I'm like, okay, I'm going to fuck with you a little bit more. She's not doing it to do that. She's literally doing it to connect you with somebody else she knows. I have met. So many people because of you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, Rock, probably one of my favorite people you introduced me to. Oh, really? I didn't even know 
remember that. Yeah, yeah, you, you introduced me to Rock. So, um, with that being said, I just want to invite one of my good friends, the beautiful, the intelligent, the absolutely pioneering, trendsetting, the beautiful Scania. Thank you so much for that introduction. <laughs> How you doing, Skanya? I'm good. I'm a little nervous, but I'm good. Why are you nervous? You know, I don't be... Yes, man. Stay in the mic. I don't be on the camera like that or on the mic. So this is like my first time really being on a microphone. This is dope. Do you listen to the Just Us podcast? I've listened to one or two episodes when you first, first started. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Give it a, it was, <laughs> we weren't interested enough to keep her attention back then. No, it's not that. It's not that. Honestly, I'm actually trying to get back into listening to podcasts. And so, um, actually just the other day for the first time, I actually listened to Earn Your Leisure. Like, did the pandemic throw off your podcast schedule? Really much so. Cause I actually got really big. I didn't, I mean, I didn't even realize we were in a panoramic. Like, because you are. <laughs> You're in the digital space. And if right. you're in the digital space, like myself, you did get busy. Right. I got really busy. busy. Um, so actually, as soon as the pandemic happened, I uh, started my thesis project for school. And I had my agency on top of that. So between school, client work, I looked up and it was like, oh, wait, I can't go to the gathering spot anymore. Okay. And then I woke up and it was like right, August. So, uh, I was up. like, <laughs> I didn't even realize we were in the pandemic. Hey, shout out to black women. We two for two in this thing. So you're an entrepreneur yes. and you're still in school? Well, I graduated last year, but yeah. Damn. <laughs> shout out to uh, uh, Kay. <laughs> Kay Booker. Another one. Another entrepreneur. Another yeah. school. And you guys, okay, that's what's up. Yeah. That's what's up. So. Let's just do it. We're going to do it like this. We're going to start with you and just let that tell the audience who you are, you know, saying what you do. And then we're going to reverse engineer it back to how you got there. Boom. Okay. All right. Cool. So um, my name is Scania Floristal. I am. Floy what? <laughs> Floristal. <laughs> I am. She got that perfume name. The juice Yes. I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts. I've been in Atlanta off and on for about 13 years. Um, I went to the Virginia State University for undergrad. <laughs> And um, after I graduated VSU, actually, funny story, I wanted to go to Howard, was going to go to Howard Law, and I wanted to be an entertainment attorney. So I was like, well, what better place to come to Atlanta? Because Atlanta was the head of the music industry at the time in 2008. And so I transferred with my job with Bank of America, and I started interning at Tree Sound Studios, and I fell in love with Atlanta. And then, you know, the world kind of went to shit in 2008. Um, 2009, so, the depression. Yeah, 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 so trust me. Um, I was like, DC is too expensive. I'm not going back to D. I'm not going back up there. So um, I ended up staying here and um, actually working at Tree Sound because um, I used to. In high school, I used to do everyone's like Black Planet pages. Who was running Tree Sound back then? Uh, Molly. So she was running all the way back then? Yeah. Because she just I was, left. Actually, I started off as Molly's assistant. I love Molly. Like, yeah, shout out to Molly. We, we love you, Molly. Like, yeah. And I know she's gone now. She's doing her own thing. But yeah. yeah so I was wondering. She Molly, was running back then. Yeah. So um, 
actually, I remember my interview with Molly, like, day one. So she was amazing, sweet person. Um, so anyways, I ended up staying in Atlanta and went to grad school, went to SCAD. Oh, wait, I forgot. So I was saying that I started making black people, people's black panic pages back in high school. And so when I was at Tree Sound, one of the things that I was commissioned to do was kind of help them with the design of their new website. And so there was a girl who went to SCAD and that's how I got introduced to SCAD because she was like the actual like designer and developer. And I was like learning more from her. And so I decided to go to SCAD for grad school instead of going to law school. And here is where I am today. Let me tell you why I love this story. I love that because I always tell people that you be doing stuff and you don't even know what you're doing. Like you don't know like, we didn't know we were slick coding with our MySpace pages. Right. You know what I'm saying? We, we were slick coding with like, and we didn't realize that. Like, and, it, and I remember some girls and the girls, that's why it's a shame that women are not represented as strong as they should in the tech lane. Right. Because you can't name a dude that had a better page than a woman. Girls were taking the time. Yeah. They had a little glittery up and down yeah, thing. Had y'all stuff were, lying across yeah. the stuff design and all that. Yes. Bruh, they were like, y'all, y'all got a, y'all had a natural yeah. knack for it. I was one of the first people who actually had music playing on my page. See, that was, like, oh, that was you actually, figured out that code. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Soldier boy and that bitch. Man, <laughs> quit playing with me. <laughs> first to do all type of shit. <laughs> stop playing with me. What? I'm the first nigga to, to do all type of shit. So, uh, so one, I love that. So, boom, you just made a life pivot exposure. Somebody showed you something, right. then you went and you started designing. So, what was your first agency? Um, so actually, I still have the agency today. So that was the first name. Yes, the oh. Vo Agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, the Vo Agency started off as my thesis project for my first master's when I graduated from SCAD. It was- Mike drop. First message. <laughs> uh, so I really, I just wanted to create um, a fashion branding agency. So my master's was in luxury fashion management, concentration in brand management. And so um, really what we started off doing is taking fashion brands and helping them in the digital space. And so um, we took brands like, I don't know if you remember Jay Gray brand, Cy. He mm. has like these wonderful bags. So he was one of my first clients who really gave me a chance to like brand, like gave him like all the bags have like really dope names and size from Boston. Like I'm from Boston. So we named the entire line like around luxury in like Newberry Street, um, which is kind of Boston's like Rodeo Drive. So that's kind of how we started. And then when I moved to New York, uh, companies were like, well, we don't do fashion. Can you help us here? Can you help us there? And so I was working with this one company called New York City Serve. It was a uh, church-based company. And so I started doing marketing for them and started doing design stuff for them. And then um, I transitioned it to not just being a fashion branding agency, but being a full-fledged branding agency, 360. Now, and you've done some amazing, one, you've done some work for me. Yeah. I am proud to say that we work together. Uh, so she is good at what she do. But talk to me about the transition. Um, you did that, right? You grew it up. You scaled it. But how did your new project come out? So um, that's actually a little bit of a story. So in I had this idea where, because, you know, Black Planet died, and that was like the only Black 
digital space, right? And so, Black Planet was it, boy. Right. And so, um, you had him home. <laughs> <laughs> so I really wanted to create a social ma- uh, social media platform for black people and didn't really know where that would go, but that was kind of my thought process. And so in 2008 was my 10 year anniversary from graduating from Virginia state. And I, back in actually 2016, I started using like, whenever I would go to homecoming, I would use like VSU made HBCU made as like my hashtags and hashtags weren't even really a thing back then, but that's what I would use. Soldier boy. And so, um, (laughs) um, and so anyways, back, so in 2018, um, I actually became the president of my alumni association here in Atlanta and, um, I started VSU made really as like a social media page. Um, and then I created like a website, um, really so that all of like homecoming activities can be in like one space. Like it doesn't make sense that we had this event, right? That event, right? If I wanted to get tickets and stuff like that. So, um, talk to all of the promoters, put all of their events on one page, called some of the different hotels in the area, got hotel discounts and like just literally had VSU made be like the it page for homecoming. And then our IG page, we were really highlighting like the alumni and like what they do and stuff like that. And so even with the alumni association, I think they had like 10 people and like a month, I got like 50 people to join. So kind of grew the alumni association, but now I was like, well, why can't I do this with all the HBCUs? And so it was just a thought in the back of my mind been writing down notes, playing around with it. And really in the pandemic, when I was trying to think of something to do for my thesis project, um, my developer, Zoe, was like, well, you know, maybe we should just take the time to actually like really do HBCU made. And I was like, all right. And then I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to hold it because I took like a year off from school. So I was like, I'm going to do this as my thesis project. So it kind of like put me in like a fake accelerator program, right? Because mm. with SCAD, it's like you got 10 weeks and you got to create magic. Like that's literally the way SCAD treats you. So um, I decided to do HBCU made and my professors really like challenged me to like research. So like anything you try to argue with me, like on like, Oh, does it have to be a social media platform? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? I really had to kind of defend all of those. And so really during that time, we were able to kind of do all of our research. Um, People were great. Like my different networks were great, even using, um, because obviously we were in the pandemic, right? So I wasn't able to like do stuff physically at the gathering spot, but using group me, my different group me pages, even my IG page, like, Hey, can you guys do this research? I had like 300 people like do like some of my surveys and, you know, stuff like that. So, so, so. um, from there I designed the platform that you see now, cause it's out on the app store and got all the research done, got all the decks done. Um, and then I graduated and then I was like, all right, well, Here's my business plan. Here's everything. Here's my product. This is what it looks like. And I went and found a developer, got it coded, and now HBCU made us out. Round of applause. Round of applause. So what do you think is the biggest problem you solving? Solving several problems. It's like I can't even pick one. But 
the biggest problem that we want to solve, well, I'll say one problem, and I think it kind of falls into everything falls into it is alumni engagement. So we love our HBCUs, right? We go back to homecoming um, every year. And yet a lot of our universities are dying, like Bennett College almost got shut down, I think in 2018, um, because they didn't have the endowment. Um, Morris Brown ended up closing, they just reopened, but really it's not that the education was bad. They just didn't have the funding, right? And so most people don't know that in order for these schools to run, like you just paying your tuition is great, but the universities need funding. They need like a reserve, which is like what the endowments are. And so part of what part of what HBCU may wants to do, and even with our revenue model, is we want to give 20% of our revenue to back to the universities, to the participating schools. So my goal, really, like I know that we have like set, we've made it when I can write a check for over $200,000 to each university, to the 101 HBCUs that are still open to help them build their endowments. That's when I know I'm like, all right, we did, we made we did it. our job. So, and I want, I want you to answer this too, Keith, because I didn't go to HBCU. I went to GU. Um, so <laughs> like, do you feel like people are connected to like disconnected from their HBC? Like, I, cause like people love HBCUs, right? That's what we said. Do we love HBCUs or do we love what HBCUs, the experience it gave us? You want him to answer or me to answer? Yeah, you can answer. You can get, <laughs> I think we love the experience. And, and, and when, I, when I say, when the reason I'm asking that is because it's like, it is. I have. I've heard several people say we're struggling with alumni engagement. We're struggling with getting donations and people supporting. Mm-hmm. So, is it? Do we love the HBCU or do we love the people we met there and the experience? That's what. That's kind of the question I had. Yeah. So our HBCU experience. I know for me, it definitely made me into the person that I am today. Right. And so that's why I think after we graduate, even though we have such an affinity and such a love for our HBCUs, but, and we go back to homecoming, but that's a weekend. What about the other 363 days of the year? Mm. How are we still supporting our universities? But at the same time, it's not just about us supporting our universities. We want to feel like our universities are supporting us as alumni. And so I think that's why this platform is so important because it's not just the students, it's not just the alumni on the platform, but it's really helping the universities and their alumni offices know who their alumni are. Like I know Virginia State loves to do like panel talks for the students and stuff like that, but yet they don't know who I am, you know, and I'm the president of the alumni association in Atlanta, like, but still not everybody knows who I am and they're not, they don't have a place to go to filter their network and be like, okay, you know what? I know Ascania does Getting digital these speakers design. From, gotcha. Yeah. And I know she's successful in this. I know this person does this or this person, you know, oh, the fashion department has X, Y, and Z. Let's get, you know, this person who has a wonderful fashion line to come and speak to our students. And so they don't have that pipeline. And so that's why HBCU made is really important. Uh-huh. What, what you, same question. I mean, you know me, bro. So you know, I went to the Fort Valley State. Shout out! <laughs> I love how uh, every, every HBC add D in D, front of them. Yeah, 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 put D. Yeah, put D. <laughs> um, but you know, 
I love HBCUs. I mean, I love my experience. Um, but if I, if I'm like candid about it, I mean, and I, I don't know when you came out, but when I came out, I was like 2010, like the, the world was changing. The millennium was changing. I just feel like HBCUs have been changed with the times. Right. And I think you just spoke to it like technology wise, we're not right. caught up. Um, culturally wise, some of the discussions. So nowadays, if you ask me, HBCU is just like how black is, right? People love being black, but don't nobody really want to be black. Mm-hmm. There's so much talk about HBCUs now, but they don't try to fund HBCUs. You see the kids protesting, you know, and that's something that's been going on since HBCUs. I mean, when I was in school, we had a little protest, you know what I mean? Like because of bad conditions. So I just feel like the HBCU, what it does, it, it's a microcosm of society and it's like, our last chance as black people to kind of be black and come together and get prepared to face the world because the world is going to let you know their definition of black, but HBCUs kind of define blackness for themselves. So that's what I appreciate about it, but it has to be modernized. Like we have to get more technology in it. We have to recognize, we have to recognize that HBCUs were different for a reason. They're made for black people. They had different, even different like majors. Like I come from Fort Valley. We're a land grant institution. A lot of people don't know what that means. That means we have land set aside from the state to be focused on horticulture, agriculture, um, raising cows and livestock and stuff. Right. So those are the type of things that like when we ask, where's our black farmers and where's our black grocery stores and things like that. A school at Fort Valley could be in the forefront for that. We have all the land. We have all the vegetables. We have all the, I mean, I didn't even know what horticulture was till I went to Fort Valley. Yeah, sure. I ain't know. That's, I, that's like, I thought that when they keep a whole bunch of shit in their house. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You hoard this shit. So I see all that and I'm just like, you know, HBU said to get more modernized than that. We have to get more modernized than like how we treat, you know how black people are, right? Mm-hmm. White people don't understand sometimes how a cousin is like a brother or a sister, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But that's us. Right. I feel HBCU should extend the definition of alumni. Yeah. When you go to yeah. Kentucky State, alumni might mean you graduated and paid dues. Alumni of HBCU mean that you, like you said, you've been here for two semesters. Yeah. Because if I accept you like that, you'll love to accept me like a P. Diddy once I grow up. I mean, once I blow up to be P. Diddy. Right. But if P. Diddy didn't become who he was, how I would just be like, that's another nigga that didn't graduate. He would have never spoke. Right. That's a great thing. I'm about to ask y'all too. When y'all went, to, when y'all went to y'all HBCUs, what was the famous people they told y'all went to y'all school to make y'all like hype? Yeah, this is actually a funny story. So, and it's funny because when I got to Virginia State, no one really talked about this, but I was so proud to go to Virginia State when I learned this. So, I have two cousins, Carl and Lens, who are like super smart. Like they have literally paid the path for me to like education wise, like literally Christmas break. It was like, how many grades did you, how were your grades? Did you do good? Okay. You paying for dinner or if you didn't do good, if you, if you did like, they literally like really kept me on the path, them and their friends. They went to uh BC high Boston college high school. And so when I told everyone I was going to Virginia state and even how I got to Virginia state was crazy. But that summer when I was like, okay, I'm going to VSU. They were like, who's Reginald Lewis? Like, 
the nigga who died on the basketball court? (laughs) You know, because there was a Celtics player who died on the basketball court named Reginald Lewis. We got the Reginald Lewis center of Roxbury, Massachusetts. Like, so that's who I thought they was talking about. And they was like, no. And Google didn't exist back then. So I had to go research and find out who Reginald Lewis was. We were just just talking about like, cause shout out to Cree. She has a cooler kind of podcast every Friday. And we're just saying how her generation, they literally were never had to go to the school where you couldn't use a computer for research or right. like you, you did a research paper. Your, your professor was like, nah, a lot. Even your high school teacher, books only. If you use a website, you had to right. cite it and source it, but yeah. you really couldn't right. use a website because no Encyclopedias. Teacher, I mean, we had a Britannica. Right. We had a Britannica. Right. So, um, yeah, I found out who Reginald Lewis was, and he was the first black billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Kanye. Him being the first black billionaire was everything to me, and knowing that I'm going to this. Well, Reginald Lewis, what type of work he did? Uh, he owned a company Stocks. called Beatrice Foods. Um, I believe in like the early eighties. He, he came up through stocks and, and stock then, markets yeah. and then yep. he acquired Beatrice Foods and he yes. did it on the low. He, uh, he has a book. Why, why should all the white boys have the fun? Yes. I got yeah. that book in the library. Shout out. Yes. That's, that's a dope. Yeah, keep, keep smart, name, man. You got books. <laughs> that's a dope. No, that, well, yeah, he, he find out about Reg- is a dope. He'll tell you about it. He's in- foundational. Yes. So people don't really talk about him now. I'm really glad that the School of Business, cause, and actually that was part of the reason why I joined the School of Business, cause I was like, he was part of this business school. So, um, at the time it was called Singleton. Now it's called the Reginald Lewis Business School of hey. Business hey. at Virginia State. So super proud of that. But yeah. So yeah, that's who, that's who I know. That's went to Virginia State when I was there. What about you? I don't want to follow it. <laughs> My shit's so ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, I didn't even know. Uh, they didn't. They didn't tell us nobody like in particular. To get me there, I I got there just on some. I'm just talking about when you got there. Yeah, like, when like, I got when there, you got there. When like, I got there. The most famous nigga was uh. See, I know DJ Holiday. From yeah. Man, yeah. He went to Fort Valley. So everybody was like, yeah, I know DJ Holiday. Hey! <laughs> DJ Holiday. <laughs> Holiday. <laughs> Holiday season. <laughs> I did not know he went to Fort Valley. <laughs> Holiday season. <laughs> yeah, man. So he went there and, um, yeah, you should have went first. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> now, since, since then, I mean, we, we have a bunch of like old ass, you know, famous people and stuff. Yeah. But, um, what I like about my school in particular, um, just like a lot of the buildings, you know, named off a lot of famous people. Uh, we talked, we didn't put it in the episode, but when we interviewed, um, Michael Bond for the, uh, who runs the Atlanta series, yeah. we talked about his great grandfather. He's, he has a building named after him mm-hmm. on that campus. Um, so that's why I asked him to say, the Bond, I said, Bond building? He's like, yeah, that's my little grandfather. Like, yeah, that so, Bond ain't strong, but yeah, so yeah, exactly. So, that's what I found out about being in Fort Valley. I'm a history buff, so I found out how much like really came through like this the country, you know what I'm saying? Like the country part right. of Georgia and how a lot of, I mean, even here about we talked about on the podcast before with Monroe and your family, like the country really supported a lot of the movement that happened in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of what was going on movement wise, it was the people in the country who saw what was going on in the city. And I always was amazed in that, but 
Nothing too big in Fort Valley. That was that was pretty the biggest thing. So what do y'all see? Because one thing that I've heard consistently and I've heard it on this episode, um, HBCUs have not necessarily transitioned with the time for whatever reason, mm-hmm. whether if you don't have the budget to do it or you don't have the foresight to do it. When do you see the changing of the times of HBCU leadership? When do you see, cause in like corporations, you're starting to see millennials get an opportunity mm-hmm. to run corporate brands and, uh, even, I mean, music industry, you starting to see different people, fashion industry and education. When do you see the change of leadership going to happen at HBCUs, especially when people, I know some people, they get, I got a homeboy that literally just became a professor. Just he said, this is his retirement plan. Like, right. he's going to ch- just chill. So, like, when do y'all see, because I think that has a lot to do with us being able to do HBCUs and go to the next level. Like, leadership got to change. Because if you don't understand the change, you're going to always resent it and push back on it. Right. So, I think it starts with the alumni, right? Like, the alumni have to invest in the schools in the sense of like kind of reaching back. So, you know, we go out into the world and we create these wonderful careers for ourselves. And yet we go back to homecoming to, in a sense, pay homage, but then we leave the campus and we chuck it to deuces, you know? So how can we change the conversation where we have more of a say? So if, more alumni were engaged in the alumni association and they were engaged in what was going on on campus, especially at a younger age, then we could create change. Like a lot of, I know my vice president now um, of the alumni association, she's a part of a few um, curriculum boards um, at Virginia State. So she's 27 and she's literally on the board to know like what the students are learning there should be a lot more people on that same board who are around her age group around my age group I didn't even know that was a thing you know what I mean and so um I think it's really our job to kind of be invested um, and kind of, it's kind of like, you know, when you go home and you know what you're keeping up to date with your family, like, you know, we all say we're family at the end of the day. So we should care about what's going on, you know, on campus. And that's why HBCU made was created so that it can create that pipeline. So I know like in my research, like Virginia state, for example, there's one person in the alumni office, one, mm. like, Virginia State's been around since 1882 Mm. and there's one person in the alumni office yet when I interviewed um, a gentleman from Emory there's 89 people in his office so of course Emory can have millions of dollars in endowments and they have the budgets to do events and you know really connect with their alumni and bring money back and all of that stuff whereas like Virginia State there's one so we have to we have to be able to support the universities and then the other thing i think too is that the universities do not hire hbcu alum they hire people who don't care about the university who just care about their paycheck and when they leave it's like there is no there is no relationship right everything in life is about relationship building right. and so that's why we love our hbcus because we love our friends we love our professors or you know whatever organizations we're part of but yet 
those relationships technically die from people who they hire that really give two shits about who I am as an alumni because they went to some PWI and they're just trying to cut their six figure, six figure check and go home at the end of the night to their families. So it's really about finding people who actually care about this institution and actually care about the students, the growth, the longevity. I My hope is that when I'm gone, HBCU made is still here, mm-hmm. that Virginia State is still around. You know what I mean? Like 200, 300 years from now. Like that's mm-hmm. that's legacy. I like it. Were you about to say something? No, nah, I mean, I agree. It's the alumni. Um, but it's like I said earlier, I think we have to redefine alumni. I think we miss out right. by not embracing yeah. everybody. Embracing that. everybody, one. Um, and another thing I think is endowments, right? Like we talk about alumni and dues and fees, but it's, it's, it's a three pronged approach. It's like you have the school, boom, the institution should be educating the students mm-hmm. about not just what you're going there to learn, but about black issues. Like now Fort Valley got way better with educating us on black history and stuff, but at first they didn't have some of those classes. I know there's still some HBCUs to this day that don't specifically teach black history, right? right? Boom. So you also need to teach that. You need to teach political engagement, all of that. So when you become an <clears throat> alumni, to our point, we need to be voting for politicians and people who were put bills in, who were fund these uh HBCUs, who will get them an endowment. Because the only reason why Duke and all these other white universities have a big endowment is we all know the reparations, right? The reparation issue. Part of the reparations talk is not just cutting checks for black people. It's big endowments for HBCUs. Why? Because that endowment allows you right. to reach back to some alumni. It allows you to build some think takes to say, hey, let's do a five-year study on what we should be doing in the next five years after that. But I can't do a five-year study if I can't pay people to do it. Because right. nobody's going to just do it for free because right. – HB, because that's what they always wanted us to do. It's like, here goes some scraps and the HBCU has to build up themselves. Right. So that's, that's that part. And then two other things is we need a network of HBCUs because we all know the Howards, Hamptons, Morehouse, Spellman. Right. Um, Netflix just said, Oh, you know, we want to influence HBCUs and here goes another hundred million for Spellman. That's not the only That's HBC. not the only HBCU. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But other HBCUs also act like they are the only HBCU. Just like how there's a board of regents for Georgia, there should be like a board of HBCUs for all HBCUs, not just so they can take pictures with Trump, but also so they can have a, a gen- no, so also they can, so they have a consensus of curriculum. I mean, why are we using <laughs> that man's name? I mean, it's a, because that's what they did it. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, Trump gave more money, more money than Biden, but that's a different thing. Right. But yeah, but also, so the curriculum would be the same. So just like how the Board of Regents, you can go to Georgia State and then go to Fort Valley State and then go to Clayton State with all the same credits and all HBCU should work just like that. And the last thing is we need more pipeline programs. We need more programs that start you off in middle school and says, Hey, you are good in math. Hey, you're good in science or hey, maybe you might not be that good, but your passion is to be a doctor. Let's go ahead and get you now, seventh grade, and every year, like that's what that's how Fort Valley got me. It wasn't nothing famous. It was the pipeline program they had for engineering that eighth, eighth grade, every summer, they took us to Fort Valley for one week. We learned some engineering stuff. Then they took us to another university, uh, PWI University, to show us, 
after you go to this HBCU and get your degree, you come to a Penn State, you go to a University right. of Las Vegas, and then you get that next level of degree, and then you, right. you know, but that's one pipeline program out of millions that could happen. There's no black doctors anymore. Where's that pipeline program? So it's those are a bunch of things we could all be doing for HBCU to make it pop, make it uh, more profitable and more popular, and make people want to go there. But ultimately, I believe the system is doing what the system is designed to do, and HBCUs will become obsolete. Right. So, is so it- can I add to that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to add to that. So, part of the endowment conversation is that people don't necessarily even know how to begin to be- give to create an endowment or to give back to your school, right? And so- they don't know how. They don't know how, cause, well. You can't get on really, the website. And I, I'm not being funny, I'm just. Well, you can go to the website, however, the website probably doesn't give you the actual intricate details on how to create an endowment. So, part of the issue with that is the universities on a student level need to teach the students how important it is to give back. Not only that conversation of look to the right of you, look to the left of you, they may not be here, but once you're no longer here, like you have to reach a hand to kind of help the next and to to give back how important it is to give back. I don't want to cut you off, but you know, you just said something, you said that right. Because I I said that earlier in jest, but now we're having this conversation. You right. Why? Freshman year, they don't say look to your left, look to your right. These are gonna be your future business partners, networkers. They make. Right. They told us say look that. to your left, look right. to your right. These niggas ain't gonna be here. When they well, well, I said, I said, we just you said it off mic, but I was like, damn, that's a real motivational speech. Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and it was supposed to be motivational right. to say, hey, you need to be going to work and these right. people focused. Like, but right. nah, it should have been look to your left, look to your right. These are gonna be your future business partners. These because you know, Elger outside of. I mean, Eldridge, a lot of my, like, friends are from college, and a lot of my opportunities came from college. Now, if I would have met Ian in college, we would have connected and still been rocking, like, mm-hmm. but, like, that's what they should have been telling us. So, to your point, yeah, you're right. Like, they should have expressed that and say, hey, you know, these are your future alumni. These are, your, these are the ones who can, you know, we can we can lift this tide. Right. So, what's the, what is it, what's the chicken or the egg situation, right? Like, to get this right, who the who who does it first? Do the schools need to step it up so the alumni can get involved, or do the alumni need to challenge the schools? Like school, the schools are getting involved. For if you ask me, it's the schools because when I go back to homecoming, I should be able to come on campus and not feel like a criminal. Like how they be trying to run everybody. If you're an alumni, you have your alumni. Come on, bro. Like they treat alumni sometimes like you shouldn't come on campus after you leave here. That's. So I say university. You say university. What you say? I say HBC. You made. All right, what's up? Why, why? Go ahead, break it down, and then and then talk about the functionality of the app. Like this is the problem you're solving. So yeah, it's a great so, answer. Um, Overall, what HBCU made is going to do is so on the university side, since you said the university, we have created like a dashboard kind of black um, back office, excuse me, for the universities to be able to see their entire CRM, to see who their alumni are, who their students are, who their graduating students are, what careers they're in, um, you know, 
like just the overall demographics, right? Then they can also see um, kind of like where their giving is at. So the platform will have like a giving portal. So you can, the school can actually put their giving on the platform, like whatever campaigns they're trying to run and be able to kind of be able to see who's giving and at what, what level. Um, and we also have a job portal. So the like the career offices like i know when i think probably like in the middle maybe like 2010 2011 when i was like trying to transition careers before i went to grad school and i was looking for a job and i called the career office at, at virginia state and really all the jobs they had were in virginia and i'm like okay well i'm in atlanta like how can you know other than linkedin right and so that's part of the reason why we're creating is creating this. Like you said, like everyone's looking at the top five HBCUs, Howard, Morehouse, Hampton, uh, Spelman. But yet, what about the Fort Valley states? What about the Virginia states, the Norfolk states, the Morgans and the smaller HBCUs that most people don't know about? So we want to be able to even the playing field when it comes to diversity in the job market. So companies who are looking to diversify their HR offices don't have to filter African-Americans on LinkedIn. Like you have a platform with educated black students and alumni on this platform, whether if they're looking for an internship, whether if they're looking to change their career at, you know, when they're a senior, they're like a senior rep or, you know, in a senior level in their position. So you all have that all on one platform. So it evens the playing field. So companies that want to give like Netflix, you want to give a hundred million dollars to Spellman, you give that money to, um, to HBCU made. Now we are spreading that money across the board to mm -hmm. all 101 HBCUs, you know? Yeah. So that's really our goal. And then it has the, um, some of the features. It literally has all of the social media features that you like and love. Like mm -hmm. what I did, I wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel, but what I was trying to do was take the wheels that we use and put them in a platform that is just for us. Kind of like the whole food concept for us by us. So everything you can do on Facebook, everything you can do on LinkedIn, on Instagram, Clubhouse, it will all be on HBCU made. So right now we're out we're on beta so we have um and with it being on beta we just have like our messenger uh platform out you can kind of filter through your network but as we start fundraising next year to kind of finish the overall platform then there will be a bunch of features of like the features i just listed that will be out on the platform that people will be able to utilize let's do i like it i love round of applause for that round of applause for that eat you working? Yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that. I feel like it's a. Um, so what we gotta do? What we gotta do to get Keith on there? Because he a, he a HBCU alumni. Mm. Well, you need to go to the Apple Store. You go to the Apple Store right now. Singing? You can go to the App Store uh -huh. right now. Type in HBCU Bade, and it is there. Keith, you need to go ahead and build up the Fort Valley alumni now. Yes. I know he can get you at least two. <laughs> Three. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes, and also follow us on Instagram. So because we are in beta, um, the okay, only way we can uh, filter that, you know, you went to an HBCU is that it's invitation only. So if you go to our IG page, hbcu.made, um, you will see the invite code and you will use that code to sign up when you are um, filling out your profile on the app. Gotcha. I like that. I like that. I feel like um, this right here is going to be a truth because I'm not going to lie. Um I, I love my experience, but I am becoming more and more disillusioned with the HBCUs. Right. Um, especially as I found myself to learn a little bit more outside than when I was inside. So this is one of those times where I want to see people put their money where their mouth is and help yeah. this app because I mean, all those same, Hey, Kamala's HBCU people. And to get behind HBCU made, I that's all the fuck I heard when she was running. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? That's all I mean, buzzword, buzzword. I mean, this is a HBCU grad and this is a HBCU grad, which is all cool, mm-hmm. right? But what now what can because I know what they can do. When can we empower the HBCUs to actually do what but they're created what they're created to do? Because yeah. we should be able to do it the way we need to, like you said, for us, by us and who knows? Maybe HBCU may will, you know, get enough HBCU alumni and maybe future HBCU alumni to come together and be like, hey, you know, maybe we can do something ourselves. Because I mean, all I all I really want for us is do it for ourselves. Right. That's why I keep saying put it on the universities because I'm not even saying the government. I'm saying the universities because I you've been on campus before, like it's. I love HBCU because it's like we learn how to attack life. And like, if we had an issue, something like this, and enough of us were sitting around talking about it. Hey, you know what? Tomorrow, let's get all these people in the student center and protest this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Let's get, I remember Gina Six. We protested when I was in school. We was partying too hard. I'm not nah. going to lie. We, we yeah, at Virginia that, State, we was partying too hard. Bro. That's what I'm about. <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect segue to where I'm going. Yeah, I, we, we protested. Gina Six happened. Oh right, okay. So, I think that happened right. What, what year was that? That was two because I, I crossed That was no, that was like oh eight. I think that happened oh eight. Okay, so oh, I nine. had just graduated in yeah. two thousand eight. That okay. had, I think that happened in the fall. Yeah, because yeah. I remember we we was collecting money for a bus mm-hmm. to take the kids down there, and the school wouldn't give us the the school said that we had to pay for the bus. They wouldn't just give us the right. bus. Cool. Uh, I'm I'm a sigma, so. We went to all the Greeks. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is how much the bus costs. Let's put in money to get the bus and all of us, not just us, but the students too. Mm-hmm. We came up with a lot of money. The Deltas came up with a lot of money. Wasn't that many AKAs at the time, but they gave us what they could. Uh, the Qs, they was raggedy as fuck, but they said we got snacks. The Alphas was like, mm. they was him and Han because they didn't, it wasn't their idea. So they really didn't want to put in. Mm-hmm. So it was like, fuck it. It'll be the Sigma Delta bus because we pay for it. AKs and Qs provided snacks. The school tried to shut us down. We had to damn, like, really tell this, tell the school that, hey, the, the, the administration doesn't want us to go participate in Gina 6. They, these are the type of black people we have. And finally, the school just gave us the buses for free because they didn't want it to seem like, oh, well. Right. The Sigmas and, and the Deltas had to pay for the bus. Going guess, back to what I said, this is why you need people yeah, in administration yeah. who went to HBCUs who actually give a fuck about the students, yeah. give a fuck about the culture, give a fuck about what's going on today. Well, like, why are those kids in Howard 
protesting the way they are. Where are the alumni, like where are the alumni to see the mushroom growing on the roof and saying, Hey, didn't y'all just get some money from the government? Right. What, you know, that's what I like about Fort Valley. They tore down the old dorms, got new dorms. Shout out to the Russells. HJ Russell Company. Yeah, I will they say Virginia new. State has done a wonderful job. My campus, every single time yeah. I go, does not look the same. Yeah, I, I will say that. I, yeah, shout out to the HBCUs who's upgrading their campuses. But but y'all look at me how, like I went to Howard. Y'all keep saying it to me. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I, I was looking at you, but I was saying that to say like, but these are the schools who get the most money, the most right. the right. most donations, right. Right. and they're not doing that for their kids. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right. So actually, they got big talking about too. that, like, I know at Virginia State, we had a president, um, and I remember back in 2008 when I was graduating, um, he had like a 2020 vision plan. And so we had like, we had like houses like right around campus. They literally bought out all of those homes, tore them down, built a new fitness facility, Built a new student union. I mean, not a student student union center, but build like a whole new Ville. Used to be called the Ville, but I think it's called like the Gateway Center. Mm-hmm. Um, they built some like really new dorms and stuff, adult dorms. Um, so to see that happen now. And the reason why I say that is the administration, they need to have vision. People need to be able to see what the future is going to look like. And so I'm even in conversations now with when we're talking about endowments, like why do the endowments need to be in dollars? Because they probably should be in crypto to be real. So, because that's where the future is going. Right. And so, I mean, money is becoming like the inflation prices are crazy. What about, what about the HBCU made coin? Just, I mean, it's it's we thinking about uh, it. Okay, okay. We thinking okay, about it. I ain't gonna drop everything now, but I'm just saying. I said what I said. What I said. The HBCU NFTs. You know what I'm saying? Right. The fundraiser. The fundraiser is going on. Right. So I do. I do. Uh, um, finish your thought, but I want to take you and keep somewhere else too. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, all I was saying is that like really, we you need to have vision with anything that you are doing in life. Um. I'll I'll say this part. Um, I was just watching a sermon by T.D. Jakes, and he was talking about shout out to the drip. Yes, uh, and so he was talking That's about video how his um, put the water on my head. Put the water. <laughs> Pour I cannot deal with you. Pour it on. Pour it on. <laughs> dang, 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 dang. Anyways, back to what I was talking about. I'm sorry, my bad. So he was talking about how his mother was born in the 20s, um, and how his father was born in the 20s, and his parents really raised him for a depression and didn't raise him for expansion. And that's what our HBCUs are doing. They are raising us. They are teaching our students for things of the past. I actually, um, we have an intern at the Alumni Association and she is a marketing major. I was a marketing major and she, um, was telling me that they don't have classes on social media. How, Sway? How? How in 2021, the marketing department does not have classes on social media. 
that is why isn't it the marketing department running the social media for the school just right you know talk about it right so i'm just like what the fuck are y'all doing Right. Like, seriously. And so it just brings me back to that sermon because it's like really everything in life. Like, unfortunately, when we are most people, not all people, but most people only like raise their children or only teach around the things that they've experienced, but not the vision that they have for the future. Mm. And so that's why I talked about that 2020 vision plan that um Eddie Moore had for Virginia State because I literally saw this plan on a board in his office in 2007, 2008. And when I go to my campus today, it's literally what was drawn out. You see. So when you talk about those vision boards, it's real. So these universities need to have vision. Stop, you know, worrying about like where we are today. But if you are looking to the future, looking to what's going on tomorrow, it's like we are really being left behind. Like we talked about kind of like crypto. I believe it's Wharton or University of Penn that is now accepting uh tuition in Bitcoin. Hello. Right. So um, so yeah, I just say that to say, like, we have to build for expansion. I felt with it. I felt with it. Well, first of all, can we give a round of applause? Just, you know, for you to, uh, you taking a, uh, a, a mission. It's a heavy mission. This yeah. is something that's been happening for a long time. And you taking the time to actually put it on your shoulders and lift. Uh, light question before I get up out of here. I came in a knuck of you buck and, uh, you said that was your line name. <laughs> Um, so I just want to know what were you and Keith line names and how did y'all get them? Because I know pledging at HBCU is completely different than pledging at a PWI. Right. So just disclaimer, I am not Greek. Okay. However, I joined an organization my freshman year called the Betterment of Brothers and Sisters Organization, the Alpha Phi Chapter of BBS. Mm. And um, actually, I really appreciated my time at BBS, um, or I'm still a part of the organization, but I appreciated when I was online for BBS because I learned so much about the actual university, learned about the history of the university. And it made me really love Virginia State even more because I had to know all the presidents, all the dorms, like who was named after what, um, like real foundational history. And so I am line of 2005, spring 2005, number 26. And my line <laughs> is Warrior. AKA Nuck if you buck. And the reason why I got that line name is because me and my roommate, my freshman year, got into it. I actually still have the scars on my neck. Um, <laughs> um but it actually happened. Damn black on black crime. <laughs> right. We, we it got, actually we, happened we the first <laughs> night that I was online. And so that is how I got that line name. Y'all, y'all had real Greeks on your yard? Yeah, we had Greek. We had the whole Divine Nine. Uh, okay. Yeah. We wouldn't let that shit fly for about. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, <laughs> y'all ain't finna just come up with no fake ass green shit. 
Talking about lying names. Well, first of all, BBS, well, wait, wait. First of all, BBS <laughs> has been around since 1941. So it's not like an old organization. It's one of the mm, oldest organizations. Okay. And it was founded by an alpha. So Damn. that is. Don't help me <laughs> But I'm just saying. So, so we are like the only organization on campus. No, y'all that, must have had respect because you actually had a line name and they let you come out with it. So <laughs> you clearly I got some weight. It's like, it's like the swing five swing. Swing five swing used to be right. G five G is real. Yeah, it's a real. All thing. I know is bro five bro. So <laughs> bro five bro. No G five G is real. So, like what's that? All I know is move five move. Five move. Milk it, milk it, milk it. Man. But wait, what's his line name? I want to know. Uh, chronic knowledge number two. You okay. Know. Reed and Nash nigga. Yeah, you know. Double entendre. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Reed and smoking ass nigga. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, tell people how they can find this app, how they can get on it, how they can support it, how they can help us push HBCUs forward. Yes, so please follow us on Instagram first, um, HBCU.made on IG. And then you, if you have an iPhone right now, we are only available on iOS. So if you go to the Apple Store, you can find us uh, at HBCU Made on the Apple Store. So please download, please support. If you did not go to an HBCU, share it with someone who did. Share it with your kids if they attend an HBCU, you know, share it with the world. And we also have merch. So right now we haven't started fundraising yet, but our fundraiser is our merch. So as I, as you see, I have this HBCU made hoodie on and we have a whole bunch of merch on our website. So you can also find us on hbcumade.co. Um, and if you are not, um, if you didn't go to an HBCU, but you're Greek, we actually have like a divine nine collection. So you got like alpha made, kappa made, delta made, you know, all of that stuff. And then we also have like the university made, um, like Spelman made, Clark made, um, Hampton made, Howard made, mm-hmm. all of that. So, yep. So please support us. Let me, uh, let me get three for Valor made for Keith Kid. <laughs> <laughs> Special order coming just for <laughs> Let me get the but now we we do like the support on this podcast, so we, I am committing to buy some merch so we can give away some of our listeners. So yes. we'll talk off mic. Um I I just want to say I'm proud of you. Um I remember when you started it, uh I was honored to come to your Jameson lunch Thank at the James you. Room. Thank you. Um that was fun. It was when I was We're on the phone. We're gonna do something soon too. We, we are yeah, we're going to do something probably next weekend. Um, uh, it's still in the work, so I'm not going to like officially announce it yet, but we're going to be doing a lot of different community activation events to kind of build to our official launch. Um, and so yeah, just, stay we tuned. might, uh, we might live pod at one of your next ones. We yeah, might live pod. Like, that'll be cool. Just get some of the alumni on there for yeah, sure. And definitely. for the people, this HBCU made apparel. That's not you, is it? No, it's HBCU.me. Okay. So that's not her, y'all. That's this not is, her. So it's HBCU.me. Okay. I, I saw that one too, but this one came underneath it with some apparel you were talking about clothing so I want to make sure the people oh, yeah, support no. the right one yeah yes. so check the links in the show notes we got you we got you um, but nah man we uh, we're proud of you we're definitely proud of it and next time you uh, do something live I would love to kind of do a, a, a some type of live pod or some type of activation with you I would love to I would love that and can I just say I'm proud of you because mm-hmm. I remember when we started that and so to see where you are now, I'm super, super, super proud of you. Like, 
appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. it. You doing big things over here, y'all. We, we moving. Yes. We we definitely moving. Yeah. Um, turn me up, man. We say this every week, man. We love y'all. We need y'all. But most importantly, we can't wait to see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Just Eldridge Podcast. <laughs>